It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from Studio 31 inside City National Arena, it is game day for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, game six of the Stanley Cup semifinal. VGK against the Montreal Canadiens, and it is a must-win for the Golden Knights, uh, trailing in the series three games to two. Uh, we will get into what we anticipate uh, happening tonight, uh, some adjustments for the Vegas Golden Knights. Goaltending is a story. We will touch on that. It's the biggest non-story that's a story uh, around this series. And we also have some Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning information to discuss and a significant hiring before a head coach in the National Hockey League as the 32nd franchise, the Seattle Kraken, have their first ever head coach. Uh, it is uh, my pleasure to bring in Derek England uh, along with Darren Millard uh, with us in Studio 31. So it's game day. You're down 3-2. Uh, things aren't going great, uh, but this is a veteran team that you know very well. Give me an idea, just a sense of uh, of what they're feeling inside that bubble of of a dressing room. Yeah, I think um, you know they have been down down in series this year and 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 previously. So I think they're they're calm, but uh, I think they know they got to bring a lot better um, in order to get this win tonight. I, I call this team the Incredible Hulk. Because and for those that uh, that don't know the reference, like the Hulk, he would never get mad, would never get mad, and and, and then eventually just snaps, and it all comes uh, pouring out. That's sort of how this team plays. Like they push, they're calm, uh, almost uh, to a fault. Like how just reserved they are, and they they take everything in, and they don't panic, and then it just goes, and they turn the switch, and they turn it on. Uh, we're kind of at that stage now, or maybe a little bit beyond that stage, where it's time to just let's go. Yeah, definitely. They they need that. They they need to get going. They need to um, get a little spunk in their game. I guess you could say. Um, you know, th I think they all know they need they need better up and down the lineup. And like you said, uh, the goaltending uh, is the least of the issues right now. They're, they're both giving them uh, chances to win every night. But um, yeah, they gotta they gotta get pissed off a little bit and and, and uh, come out hard. The goaltending side of it. Uh I have these, this this checklist. When you're an expansion franchise, you go through, uh, and and you the the further along you get, the more you become like uh, a real solidified franchise. And one is uh, goalie controversy. Once you have that, then then you take another step. And the other one is booing. We had that the uh, the other night. So I think uh, through through the last year and a half, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have gained their wings uh, from a fan base uh, standpoint. But this this whole uh, goaltending saga. Uh, if you will, it's a story because teams don't change goaltenders in the middle of playoffs. So I get that, but it's a non-story because they are so good, and you know both of them uh, extremely well. Uh, they're both extremely talented. Do you do you kind of shake your head a little bit at how much attention we put on uh, who's in the starting net, who's leaving practice first, that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's. Uh after a while, it gets gets old, I guess you could say. Um, like you said, they're both great goaltenders. Um, that's why they're still both here. They wanted that one-two punch where um, whoever's in net can uh, give them a chance to win every night. And I think you go back to the beginning of the season, they've done that, Flower and Leonard, um, every night uh, stand on their head and give them a chance to win. And, um, you know, to me as a hockey fan, that's, the, like, a, you know, a least of their worries right now. It's... Uh, you know, you got to look more at uh, maybe scoring some goals and and uh, special teams a little bit, and 
um, get that stuff going. The goaltending has been uh, spectacular all se- all series long and uh, and all playoffs long. I like the way uh, Robin Leonard kind of embraces it too, uh, and it's not for everybody. Uh, and certainly being on Twitter for an hour on the plane is not for everybody, but he was taking questions and then having some fun with people uh, yesterday. Uh, I love a motivated athlete, and Robin Leonard's a motivated athlete right now. Yeah, it just shows, um, you know, last year he comes in late and uh, you don't get to know him as much, but uh, this year, you, you know, you hear after last game in, in Montreal how, uh, you know, Patch talking about him, how big of a cheerleader he's been for, for the team, and, and he's ready to go no matter when they need him, and and he showed that when he played, and you know, on the flip side, Flowers been lights out, gives him a chance to win every night. But uh, yeah, I like how he's, uh, you know, sending different goalies off of the ice <laughs> just to keep everyone guessing. And it's, uh, you know, it's good to have fun uh, when you're fun, you're having fun. Uh, usually, you're winning. So um, hopefully, I can uh, get contagious and uh, carry over the game. The uh, emotion from this team, uh, they're probably trying to take it out. Uh, of themselves in the sense of focusing on executing the game plan. But it almost does a – hampers the team a little bit when you – because they do play off emotion so much. Uh, if there's a player or a line or somebody that you point to tonight where you go, okay, the, the, the team's feeling it because that player or that unit's going out and they're doing something, who who would that be? I think you got to look at uh, Stoney and Patch. You know, they've – um all season long they've you know it doesn't matter if uh they're up or down uh you know going into the third period they're down a couple goals and i'm watching them every time they're on the ice because it seemed like all season long they came out and put the team on their shoulders and uh, you know came out and answered the bell and then everyone fed off it so um you gotta look at those guys to come out and have a big game uh it's different because stone there there is some heat uh on, on the captain right now and uh that's not normal because they just haven't had many flat spots uh, during the course of the season. Uh, how hard is it to just go out and play your game and put all the noise aside? I think Stoney's a great professional. He's a great captain. Um, you know, I don't think he's, you know, obviously as a, a guy, I'm, I wasn't a goal scorer or anything like that, but you, you know all of them when they get in a little bit of a slide, they get uh, frustrated a little bit, but um you know he's he's he plays the right way no matter what and uh, you know his defensive play is phenomenal and you know he just needs that uh it seems like they just need that one bounce and to get him going did you like the mix up of the lines uh the other night it's not very often that Pete DeBoer fiddles with the with the misfit line but uh he he kind of moved everybody around a little bit yeah it's uh you know at that point in the game you got to try something you got to move some guys around and he did i liked the way that uh you know, Wazi and Patch, they've connected on a couple goals in the last couple of games. So um, Wazi's been great. Uh, you know, I thought our third line has, has been good all, all series. And, um, you know, they just add that depth. That's three really good lines uh, once they change it up. So I'll we'll see how uh, what they have for tonight. Uh, does Montreal frustrate teams, not just playing against them and the wins and losses, but in-game uh, frustrate you? I, I think they just they make it hard on you. Um you know those D are those top four D. Even you throw Johnny Merrill; he's not a small mm-hmm. guy either. And uh, they're making it hard. They're they're uh, not letting guys go to the net. They're letting Price see everything. Um, but Vegas, you know, you got to battle through that. It's playoffs. It's going to be hard, and and you got to get to that net and and stay there. Not let them move you out. And 
Um, unless you're going to do that, price is going to look really good. That's an old school blue line, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's funny. You look at the, all four teams and all their blue lines are, I think, what is it, one guy under six foot or mm -hmm. something like that, in four teams. So um, that old school hockey is uh, in playoff time. I think it's it, it's huge. You gotta you gotta make guys pay to go to the net so they don't want to go there and. Um, Montreal's been doing that. So you got to find a way to get there and and stay there. Uh, power play gets a, a lot of uh, attention right now. If you could give any advice, and and we're here in the in our great perch, but uh, I don't know whether it's confidence or strategic or a combination of both or what Montreal is doing. Uh, there's four elements to draw from, and I, I don't know what's leading to uh Mon montreal's success on the penalty kill yeah i think obviously their their penalty kill has been good really good um but you almost uh you, you know you see uh teams all the top end guys are on the power play and when they're not getting their the goal or the you know the, the good chances it it they start getting frustrated and instead of simplifying it seems like they want to make things more difficult try the seam passes and stuff and you know at this point I think you you throw someone in front of the net and just uh, fire away and it doesn't have to be uh, shot barring in or anything like that just get it through to the net and uh, you know off someone tips you've seen that one uh, last night with the uh, Islanders Tampa mm -hmm. it, shots going wide tip and it goes directly across the crease so you just need uh, those chances and get to the net and uh, make it hard on price. Uh, at some point during this show, because you played uh, some some heated games in Long Island, I want to get your uh, opinion and your experience and maybe some stories about uh, playing in the old barn uh, of the Coliseum because the, the beer cans raining down last night was something that you don't see very often. Eddie Olchek on the broadcast uh, was was in shock. Uh, like This is the home team uh, that's that's celebrating and the, and the beers are coming down. So I want to pick your brain uh, about that uh, in just a little bit. But uh, on the uh, on the Vegas-Montreal uh, side of it, uh, you're going uh, back to, to Montreal. You had some success in there last time. Robin Leonard played well. Uh, Pacioretty uh, is a storyline. Like, what a, what an opportunity for him. Like, game six, uh, a chance to force a seventh game. Like, there's there's different elements here that are still very positive and offer a lot of potential. Yeah, no, you, you got to expect expect big things out of Patch Knight. He's going to have a little extra fire. You know, he got that uh, the goal in the third, and uh, hopefully that uh, can carry over tonight. And, um, you know, with everything uh, being – captain there and all that uh, i'm sure he'll have a little extra chip on his shoulder being down to three to two uh is it a quiet day around a national hockey league team when you're facing elimination or is it more business as usual uh i think it depends who you are you know i don't think i've ever heard marchy be quiet so i'm <laughs> sure he's uh being his normal self and that's that's huge in a locker room you know you gotta take that tension out of it you know a little bit and Having a guy like that uh, can really help. Uh, what do you have thought of the officiating? Ah, uh, they're letting the guys play. It's um, I loved, you, loved you it. Know, yeah, I I I like a, you don't want to be on the power play penalty kill all night in playoffs. You, you want it one five on five, and um, you know I'm sure there's some things could have got called, but uh, it's not uh, it's not one, leaning one way or the other in my opinion, and. You, you see it in every series. Uh, it sounds like Nick Hag's going to go back in tonight. Uh, Nick Holden was out uh, working on some some extra stuff. Uh, the thing about Hag and that potential is, and, and Holden's done a great job getting pucks through, uh, but 
Hag's got a different shot. We don't we haven't seen it uh, on display as much as maybe we would have liked, but boy, if if you're talking about maybe putting somebody in a spot power play or tee one up, uh, it would be him. Yeah, he's got a cannon. It's a uh, it's a hard shot. So um, yeah, I didn't I, I didn't see that earlier, but uh, yeah, like you said, Holden's been been great for him. Um, you know, I think they just maybe that fresh look and. Um, his size and he, he plays a little little mean edge so get that in there hopefully uh you know you can uh make their young smaller forwards uh pay the price a little more uh what do you think of Chandler the other night uh he's so you know like Pete said yesterday him at, not at 100 percent but he's so fast and he's so skilled and gifted he you know you take him at 70 75 80 percent uh all day long you know they have that that line uh, normally has a lot of chemistry and stuff. They, you know, they changed it up last game, but uh, having him in is definitely a difference difference maker. Do you do you get a gut feeling uh, as an athlete uh, during uh, the course of a day? Not, I, uh, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, you it walk around lot, the building. Lot, and lot yeah, a lot easier when you're in the locker room and you can uh, see how guys are and stuff. But. Uh, you know, you you gotta expect them to come out flying. Their their backs are against the wall. This is always the hardest game to close out when you can win a series. So, um, y you know, I think the first ten minutes is going to be huge in this game. It's weird because they don't seem to be that far off, but then you look at the gap and you go, "That's not the Golden Knights game. The last two games." So the encouraging part is. You're not on your game, but you're really, really close. Uh, am I just looking through rose-colored glasses? No, I, th I think you're spot on. It's, it's close. It's not where they want to be. It's, it's a different series than Colorado. They, um, you know, are a lot more, I guess you could say, similar to us. Um, but uh, you know, Montreal's making it hard to get to the net, and they got to, like I said, I've been preaching this all series. They got to, they got to find a way to get there and. And make it difficult in front of Price. Um, you know, shoot for pads, uh, creating havoc there, make it un uncomfortable for him because they're doing it. Uh, you know, you look at Perry and Stall and those guys. They're every time Leonard or Flower covers a puck, they're giving him a little slash, going for the puck, obviously. But yeah. you know, you're you're making it difficult. And um, you know, a couple times you've seen Flower even against Minnesota and then getting involved and. That's that's what you want. You want to make it uncomfortable for that goalie. Hey, you brought up uh, Flower and Stahl, uh, Perry. Uh, what what year was your draft year? 2000. 2000. So, yeah. so 2003 was Flower and Stahl and Perry and Weber. Hey, four guys in one series in the Stanley Cup semifinal, all from that draft year, which, do the math on that, is, uh, is incredibly uh, in just wild that the, you would have that many impactful players in a f third round series yeah and i'm sure they're all fairly high picks too yeah top, top 20 weber was the only one that wasn't a first rounder was, oh no, he, yeah i didn't know that i thought he was um but yeah that's crazy um from it's different if it was from 2015 yeah exactly from, yeah from 2003 i didn't even know they were all the same draft year uh Flower was first overall, and then then you get into Perry and uh, and Stahl, and uh, yeah, Shea Weber was a uh, was a second rounder in the Nashville Predators. What a steal yeah. uh, for us for a second rounder in that. And then you you lump in the uh, the PK Subban trade. Uh, when we get into uh, segment number two, we'll let you hear some sound from Pete DeBoer uh, discussing uh, the structure of this team, 
We'll also uh, get into uh, the goaltending, not in great depth, but uh, Zach Whitecloud had a great comment on Robin Leonard today. It's the VGK uh, Insider Show on Nighttime at Noon, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Well, I think just do what we've done all year, which is, uh, you know, rely on our uh, foundation and our principles and, you know, don't get impatient and don't get outside our structure. I think, uh, you know, we fell behind last game and kind of self-imploded after that. So lesson learned. Uh, I'm sure we'll be better tonight. That's Pete DeBoer uh, chatting uh, before today's game. Uh, the nighttime at noon broadcast from City National Arena here inside Studio 31. Darren Millard along with Derek England. Vegas trying to stay alive tonight in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup semifinal. The other side of the bracket will go seven games as the Nashville or Nashville Predators, the New York Islanders uh, and the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, going the distance after the Islanders won last night in overtime. Well, we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, but uh, being able to play on the road... It, the other night when, when Pete says they self-imploded, that's uh, another word for uh, just maybe squeezing the stick a little bit and trying to do too much. We saw that in Mark Stone uh, a little bit in, in, in a turnover. Uh, I wonder if it, it helps them out at all tonight. Yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, they can just play their game and not worry about what's going on around them. You know, it's playing at the Fortress is a huge advantage, um, but sometimes getting on the road and having the team in the hotel and, you know, doing their thing and just not worrying about uh, the outside world is a, a good thing to have right now. Fortress is a great edge and a motivator, but when the crowd is anxious, you notice that, and and that can, I'm sure, can bleed into you. Yeah, you felt it against Minnesota. Um, You're right. You know, they scored that first goal, and, and uh, Marchie comes back and scores 18 seconds later or whatever it was, and you could almost feel that tension just leave the rink, and then they got back to their normal fortress uh, that it normally is. I'm not a big first goal person. Uh, I think we play it up way too much in broadcasts, and sometimes it's uh, I'm, I'm at uh, fault of my own, violating my own uh, principles and that. But in this case, boy, scoring first would be such a boost or maybe more a relief for the goal that I saw tonight. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you know, you you got to, like Pete said, stay in your structure and, and not fray away, stray away from that. But um, scoring first would give them definitely that big boost that, uh, you know, you, you want for a team that's, uh, you, you know, you give up that first one and game one or two, it's not as big of a deal. But it, uh, you know, the squeezing the stick might uh, creep into some guys' games if, uh Know, here we go again type thing and um, you know I think it's imperative they come out that first 10 and, and push the pace of this game. Along with Derek Anglin, Darren Millard, this is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Do players really care who they play with uh, or is it a big thing and I'm talking about the forward units in particular uh, right now. Uh, would you like to go back to the old or maybe continue with some of the tweaking that, that Pete DeBoer did? Uh, it's tough to say, you know, you, you have stone and patch that have been kind of a dynamic duo, yeah. no matter who they're playing with. Steve also, you know, he has that speed and stuff, but you find those two guys that really click, it's tough to break those two guys up. And, um, 
like Wa and Pacioretty, right? Yeah. Like, like so, so they, they switched that, but um, you know, all season long, Patch and Stone have fed off each other type thing. So it, it's tough not to see them back together uh, to start the game at least. Uh, the other part is, I wonder after missing three games in a row, Chandler Stevenson really gets up to speed tonight. And uh, we even saw that uh, Pacioretty, the first game back against Minnesota, when he came back game seven. I know he scored in, in that game, but it was a couple of games before he uh, found his sea legs and was able to, to really get involved. Uh, do we see a, a much more involved Chandler Stevenson? Yeah, I think uh, that first game, it's getting back, getting the feeling, getting a touch back. And, um, you know, you've seen what he brings to the game on that. He draws that penalty on Weber. His speed is just uh, phenomenal. It's one of the best skaters in the league, I think. And um, he just finds that hole and uh, gets gets going, and Petro finds him with a great pass. And, you know, he doesn't score or get a shot off, but he draws a penalty, and uh, that's where the – you know, if that happens, they gotta they gotta try to capitalize there. I feel like I've won a I won a contest. I get to grill Derek England uh, for an hour on nighttime at noon uh, ahead of this elimination game for the Vegas Golden Knights, trying to stay alive uh, against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I'm sure it's a it's a little different because nobody nobody really expected Montreal to be here. And I'm not just talking about the three two series lead, but uh, be in the third round at all. I, they, they were down; they were left for dead after uh, four games against Toronto in the first round. So this has to be uh, a little bit uh, unexpected, even from a Vegas Golden Knights standpoint. When you hear Montreal's through, everybody predicts us to win, and then you're then you're here. Yeah, it's um, you know they're playing playoff hockey. They're they're playing as a unit. Uh, they're playing well. They're making it difficult on teams, and um, they're not—they're uh, not giving you any freebies out there. So they're—they're uh, they're playing well, well right now. You know, they're what ten and two since uh, Game Four against yeah. Toronto. So uh, they're playing well, and uh, they're making it hard on teams. And um, you know, you just got to battle through that and try to answer. I'd like it to be a little nastier, just after the whistle, and. Part of that is just because I'm watching this Islander-Tampa Bay series, which is a street fight. And uh, ours is more like watching the uh, Canadian division this year, uh, where it was just uh, calmer. And, and there's no right or wrong. I just I would like to see a little bit more. <clears throat> yeah, you, you watched that game last night, and it's, uh, it's, you know, it didn't matter who it was. Uh, Cross-check guys are answering back. Stamkos comes and, uh, you know, starts a huge scrum in front of the, at the end of the period there. And, you, you want that you want to see that uh, that fight uh, from everyone you, you know it can't just be guys that are expected to do it it's it's a big boost you see uh, you know Marchie go and go after guys you know boosts you up and makes you get get more involved in the game I wonder if that's what we if that will be one of those indicators tonight uh, Mark Stone's emotional uh, we know that Marshall can play on the edge as well but like the, the the risk of taking a penalty right now is so extreme. Yeah, I think it's, but it's playoffs. They haven't. Mm. Uh, they're not. Uh, they're not calling the scrums. <laughs> they're you know maybe they even it out, but uh, they're not just taking one guy like the regular season. So, you know, it's a little little uh, getting a little pissed off is is it's a good thing I think in in playoff hockey. Uh, along with Eric England, Darren Millard here on Nighttime at Noon. Zach Whitecloud uh, met the media today ahead of Game 6 and was asked about the goaltending and then in particular Robin Leonard and what he brings to the hockey club. You know, first and foremost, the kind of person teammate he is. Um, 
And I think that's, you know, probably the biggest part of his personality is that, you know, he supports all the guys. He supports, uh, you know, his teammates. Uh, treats everyone like family. And, and uh, you know, he's a fun guy to be around because he's always upbeat. He's always positive. He's always trying to get the boys going. And, uh, you know, in practice, he has fun. And, um, you know, he's, yeah, I should be at him at, at the practice rink and you know I've always had always good conversations with Lenny and it's fun to talk to and and uh, you know but first and foremost his personality just kind of competitor he is you know he loves to win and um, you know he wants to go out there and, and uh, perform and uh, you know we uh, uh, there's not much more I need to say about Robin Leonard he incredible person Robin Leonard, uh, the comments from Zach Whitecloud uh, today. And uh, Robin Leonard appears to be the goaltender uh, to start Game 6. Uh, his last start was in Montreal in Game 4, and he came up big and uh, was, was did, did everything. The scrambles, he was in control at times. Uh, we saw uh, the, the full body of work and range uh, from Robin Leonard. Uh, and he's also... He's battled this mystique of, of Marc-Andre Fleury, and there's two camps here, which is uh, it's crazy how uh, almost not polarizing, but uh, people are, are split between the two goaltenders. He can write his own little narrative here in Vegas Golden Knights history if he can come up big here. Yeah, I think, um, you know, he played extremely well in game four. Um, you know, I think he's the reason why they win that game. We're not talking about this right now because uh, I think the scoring chances were like 18-1 for mm -hmm. Hindager. So uh, he came up huge for him and um, like I said before, goaltending hasn't been the issue at all. Um, they've been great and like you said, they everyone thinks that they're um, this big battle, I guess, between them, but uh, there's no one happier than the other goaltender if the other guy wins. So, you know, you see at uh, game four, Flower hugging Leonard after the win and, and you know, smiling. That they, they just want to win. They, that's the bottom line. doesn't matter who's in. They, they both support each other, and they, they just want to win uh, as a team and get to get that ultimate trophy. I'm looking forward to a, a couple of players in particular just to see their approach, uh, their performance, especially early on uh, in this game. Uh, that's going to decide whether or not there's a Game 7 on Saturday night. Mark Stone is one. Uh, whether he feels like he has to put the team on his back or not uh, what he does in the early going and uh, the other one is is Riley Smith seems to like big game Riley uh, comes up comes up large at times there's two players yeah definitely I, I, I know Stoney's very passionate and uh, you, you see when he scores how excited he gets and you know he he's a, a, a great leader he's going to come out and uh you know I, i'm sure he wants more out of himself and he's the guy that's going to hold himself accountable no one else and um smith is the same sort of thing he's uh you know marchi always said when the first three years you know the quarterback of that line and and smitty you uh you know he had that uh chance last game and he missed and you know he you don't want to see any frustration in his game because when he's on his game he's extremely good uh alex petrangelo is another one and that's the obvious but he made two plays, one in the offensive zone, one uh, right in front of his own net the other night, stick handling uh, right around guys. I'm not sure. I've, I've watched a guy just, while well, standing still, just dangle uh, another opposition. Continues to see uh, different parts of his game grow. Uh, Carlo Koliakovo, who you know and played against, said he's never play, seen him play with more offensive confidence. Yeah, he's, uh, I say it every time, uh, he's all over the ice. Like, you watch him, he's... He's on the four check. He's, but he's back. He's never getting, he's never getting caught uh, out of position. And 
but he's everywhere. He's uh, kind of that rover that, uh, you know, he's like you said, he's playing with that conf- confidence, and that's what you need when it, to play well. You need that confidence. Who's got the better car commercial? Uh, cash. Yeah. Ca- cash, for <laughs> sure. He stole. It's not even my commercial. It's cash, for sure. Whatever happened to the volcano? I want to know that. Oh, he brought it home and sat on a shelf. He wanted to keep it, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, bring it home, and it put it on a shelf, never came down, so I had to had to dispose of it. <laughs> the volcano's been disposed of. Uh, Derek Englund, Darren Millard here on Nighttime at Noon. Uh, when we continue, we'll get into the New York Islanders uh, forcing a Game 7 against the Tampa Bay Lightning and a hiring by the Seattle Kraken today that makes history. And a little bit of news out of the Dollar Loan Center and uh, significant uh, happening there that we'll uh, fill you in on because uh, things are moving ahead. We'll also tell you where to watch tonight's Game 6. A lot on the plate in the back half of Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. All right, we've got uh, Game 6 coming up tonight. Where are you watching? Uh, I'm curious. So what are you going to take in? Do you you change up your routine? Uh, Do you uh, shuffle things around a little bit? I will. I will be going over to the Las Vegas ballpark. Uh, we have a watch party uh, there tonight. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and five dollars to get in, and it's going to be a ton of fun just to be in the ballpark and uh, being around that, and then be able to watch the game on the big screen. So, uh, shake things up uh, a tad. Uh, the New York Islanders, as uh, we bring in Derek England along with Darren Millard here at nighttime at noon, uh, shook it up a little bit yesterday. Wild that you can go from losing Game Five, eight Cobb to winning game six with your season on the line and forcing a game seven. One of the most uh, remarkable turnarounds in playoff history. Yeah, it's, you know, winning eight, eight nothing might be uh, worse than winning uh, two nothing because uh, the other team might, okay, we didn't play so bad, it's two nothing game, we got better, but winning eight nothing, then you give your head a shake and uh, really wake up. So, um, yeah, that that next game, especially Kucherov leaving, if he if he can't play, it's right now. I think it's a coin toss. Uh, they're both extremely deep, and their back ends have been phenomenal. The goaltending's been great, so it's a uh, it's, it's a good series. Okay, Kucherov last last night this game after about 50 seconds uh, took a cross check. Was was it a dirty play? Was it a penalty? Uh, was it both? And just how how did you see that? Well, as a physical D-man, I don't think it's a dirty play. You're making it hard on him. Is it a penalty? Probably. The ref's right there. Um, but even if you don't call that, maybe you uh, answer back when the Stamkos gets cross-checked and hits his nose off the dash, or maybe you call that one instead. But uh, I don't think there was a penalty there either, right? No, like They laid on play. They, they might have took both that one. Right. They took both, so... Made it four on four, but uh, yeah, it's uh, y- you know you want to make it hard on them, and that's what the D is doing there, and especially their skilled guys. You want to deter them from going going uh, in in uh, in front of the net or uh, make it hard on them, and he's trying to do that. And you know, is it a penalty? Yeah, I think it's probably deserving of a two minute, but that's about it. Do you know where the padding is and where the padding isn't when you're doing something like that? No, it's. You know, you know the spots that hurt on you, but I mm. wore very small shoulder pads. Uh, you see some of the guys that, uh, you know, park themselves in front of the net and stuff and are taking the beating when I played anyways. Uh, they have 
added protection down the kidneys and stuff like that so uh it's just a personal personal thing you know some guys wear it some guys don't but you try to you know if if i'm trying to cross check someone it's i'm trying for the for the meat that's for sure not the padding tampa bay has gone with uh, 11 forwards several times both in the playoffs and in the uh, stanley cup uh, or the the regular season so to dress a 12th forward and not have them available uh, would be wouldn't be a big adjustment because they've gone with with 11 before would you would you dress kucherov if he's less than 100 percent and just take a chance on that for game seven a hundred percent even kucherov at 50 percent i'd take um he's that he's that good and you know even if he's just dressing to go out there for the power play and that's it um he he makes it uh that power play a, a lot better they obviously they have a lot of other skilled guys but him out there is just a whole nother another ball game for that power play so um you know 11 forwards is not not uh not terrible thing because then you know you're putting Stamkos and Point out there. You're double mm-hmm. shifting them. They're getting more ice time, and at this time of year, it, uh, it's it's one game, so you you, you want to throw everything at them. Put them out like Kirk Gibson, the LA Dodgers in the World Series, one leg and just be able to stand on those half boards. Yeah, just just go out there and he doesn't even have to t- touch the puck till they're in the zone. You know, just get get him on the half wall and let him do his work. Hey, Dakota Miller is with us, say, here in the uh, Studio 31 in City National Arena. Do you do you know if there's a stick or a broom handle or anything around here that, that, that we could find? I can find you one. Because what I'd <laughs> like to do is uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see how much this cross-check hurts. And we look at it and we go, oh, it, it, it's just a little push. Maybe it's a bit more than that. So I would love to see you get to get a stick, put it in Engo's hands, and have him cross-check you. And then just elevate it step by step and to see how much it hurts with each additional cross-check. Would you be up for that? As amazing as that sounds, <laughs> that kind of sounds a little risky on my end. <laughs> well, I would do it myself, but somebody's got to get us to break. That's true. So That's I'm true. just curious. Like, what would I have to pay you for to allow Derek Anglin to cross-check you repeatedly until you say, okay, that's enough, uh, I'm hurt? I don't know if I can be paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good call. That's risky. That's, that's risky. Yeah. That's a sp- Do you think you could take more than one? Yeah. Really? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Derek just looked at him, and, 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 and Dakota changed his mind. Uh, when, when you watched that game last night and – the Islanders come back and win. One of the great spectacles is uh, we're, we're watching potentially the last game at the barn, which, by the way, is like the third last game at the barn because we thought they've been moved on a couple of times. Uh, a few years ago, uh, they played Washington. The Islanders played Washington in a series, and uh, Washington won the game, and we thought that was it for the barn. And people, like, took seats out, like unscrewed the bolts and, and took seats out of there. Now, now this is... They're going to play at Belmont and the new rink uh, next year. They were throwing beers on the ice and beer cans on the ice. Uh, how how different? You played in that building and during intense times. What is that environment like? Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's um, you know I've played when I was in Pittsburgh. We played a series in there, and the you know it's it's loud. It's um, I don't want to say their fans are ruthless, but they're they're very involved and. Um, you know, I look back and we had some, I guess you could say brawls with, uh, them when, uh, uh, I forget who hit Como and it carried over the next game and, um, Brett Johnson one punch DiPietro and 
they were going after us and we had to get escorted out uh, that we wouldn't weren't allowed to walk past their locker room they had to take us up through the concourse uh, police were blocking the concourse off got us on the bus and ba people are banging on our bus and it was uh it was good old time hockey it reminded me a little bit of slap shot so <laughs> it was uh it was a lot of fun like that was my style of hockey so it was uh, it was fun to be part of that and uh it, it's some good uh it's a great environment to play in as a home team. Not uh, not often you're in a situation, thankfully, uh, where you have to look around and go, "What the hell is going on here?" But was that one of those those times? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it was. We knew something was going to happen because Talbot and right off the opening, I think it was early in the game. Um, I think Matt Martin jumped on jumped Talbot and me and Rupp and Dupuy Duper forget who else was on the ice we all jump in there and it's it's starting it was early in the game and they ended up kicking out me martin um rup and um dupuy so we're out of the game early on and we knew it was gonna they had trevor gillies at the mm. time and and some other guys and he ended up sucker punch, punching eric tangretti in the corner um standing over top of him he's out of the, they got him off the ice he kept the door open. He stood on the door over top of him, yelling at our trainers, and it was, it was a whole, it was a good old time hockey. That's for sure. Uh, the fans more on top of you there because it is an older building. Like it's it, the 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 footprint of that building is so small. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's nuts. It's uh, there feels like they're right on top of you, uh, a lot like Montreal does when it's full and, um, it's a smaller building, but it's it's rocking in there too. Does because it's a different series. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's. It seems like every whistle there's a scrum and and uh, you know both teams are are, are bringing it uh, and up and down the lineup. It doesn't matter who's on the ice. They're they're getting involved and it 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 definitely it's uh, it's a chippy series and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Do you have uh, do you have appreciation for what the New York Islanders are doing? Uh, they lost in six games. A lot of people forget they lost in six games last year of the third round to the Tampa Bay Lightning in overtime. Uh, last night they were able to win game six in overtime to force the seventh game. They're they're right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, they're better this year than than last year. You know, they go out the deadline and get Zajac and Paul Mary, and that's your third line. Their mm -hmm. their first line on uh, a lot of teams. So um, to have that depth up front, and um, then you have the Martin Sezikis and Clutterbuck. They're they're running around hitting everything so um the back end is is big and and uh, skilled too so it's uh they're a deep team that uh, that's why i said uh, tomorrow's no cakewalk for tampa bay that's for sure what do you think of the beers flying on the ice the beer can yeah, I've, that's a first for me you know maybe after a loss uh for sure but uh you know i was watching the end of the game guys skating off the ice and the home team guys and uh beer cans are going right between them and stuff and you know, it's uh, the passion those fans have there, and uh, but uh, hopefully, uh, good thing no one got hit in the head or anything like that. So the story that I got this morning was that uh, that there's the, the intermissions in overtime are shorter. They're only 15 minutes compared to 18 during uh, during the the gap between the first period and the second period, and second period and third period. So it's quicker there, and the, there's a big lineup for the washrooms, and then the goal was scored early. And people missed the goal, and they were ticked off, and they started throwing beers. And then once a couple of people threw beer cans, everybody else threw the beer cans. So that not saying that it's 
justified, but that's where the frustration came from. It's just I've never seen it tossed at the home team. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's crazy to think because, uh, you know, as the, for the Islanders, they score later in the third period to mm-hmm. tie it up, and they have the momentum. So, you know, if they – the longer that overtime went, uh, the more maybe it tilts the other way. So you want to come out and have that momentum and ride that, and that's what they did. So to be uh, upset you missed a goal, I understand, but uh, maybe not the beer cans on the ice. That's uh, maybe a little extreme. I still think uh, Keith Jones had the best line about, and I was impressed with Eddie Olchek how he handled it. Like He didn't let the Islander fans off the hook. Like he, he called them out. Uh, but Keith Jones had the best uh, commentary on NBCSN uh, when they went back to the studio and said, at least at least finish your beer yeah. before you throw the can on the ice. Like yeah. that's not getting re- those are those are twenty dollar beers. Yeah, you sat in line for uh, fifteen <laughs> yes. plus minutes to yes. miss the game or miss the goal. So yeah, I'm definitely. The, I know it's a big tall can, but uh, you gotta you gotta tip that one back and finish <laughs> it, and then maybe toss it on there, but. I'm de- I'm definitely finishing it. You bet that. Uh, that's right. Uh, Darren Millard along with Derek England here on uh, nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, some significant news coming out of Seattle today where there's been the coaching watch for a while and the reveal was made and it wasn't the name that a lot of people were expecting. Uh, and it's Dave Haxtall is the coach. He was uh, just recently a, an assistant with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but a uh, longtime head coach at the University of North Dakota before jumping straight to the National Hockey League and uh, coaching the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. He's a teacher. Uh, he comes from, uh, from that end, uh, really intense guy uh, as well. But here's Pete DeBoer uh, just on uh, Dave Haxtall getting the job in Seattle and, number two, getting that second chance. I was a lot better, um, you know, and, and Dave, Dave, I think had a similar path. Um, I, I was right out of junior hockey to a job in Florida. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel fortunate. I wouldn't have the career I did uh, unless I got that one call for my second job. And that was Lou Lamorello. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't have four or five calls. Uh, I had one and, uh, it was from Lou and, you know, we went to a Stanley Cup final and uh, I wouldn't have the NHL uh, path that I've been on uh, without that one call. So uh, I was significantly better. I was I was appreciative for the second opportunity. And, um, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I did my part to help that franchise be successful uh, from then on. So. I've got to know Dave a little bit uh, through his first round in the league, and uh, he's a teacher. Uh, he's got a teaching background. Um, seems like a no-nonsense guy. Uh, I'll be surprised if he isn't successful. Seattle Kraken joining the Pacific Division when everything goes back to normal, and Dave Haxtell will be the head coach. Do you know him at all, Dave? I, I don't, uh, just from his time in Philly yeah. playing, playing there, but uh, no, I don't know him at all. His second time that's been kind of uh, off the radar, and uh, nobody expected Ron Hextall to go that route uh, when he did with the Philadelphia Flyers, and now Ron Francis uh, brings in Dave Hextall as coach of the uh, Seattle Kraken, the first-ever bench boss. So when we continue, final thoughts and advice as the Golden Knights uh, take on the challenge of winning Game 6 tonight and then Game 7, forcing a Game 7 on Saturday. This is Nighttime at Noon with Darren Lard and Derek Englund on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey, big news coming out of uh, Dollar Loan Center, coming up uh, the home of the Henderson Silver Knights. A Big West basketball tournament uh, has been announced. Uh, that will be the first ever event next March uh, at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. So looking forward to uh, that. We've got the uh, indoor uh, football league. I'm excited about that, too. Yeah, I've been to one indoor football game in uh, Wilkes-Barre once, and it's uh, it's entertaining. It's uh, fast. It's football on a really small field so um it'll be fun to watch and uh, something else for families to get out and go see hey you ever play football or any other sports at a, at a higher level no not at a higher level i my hometown back home was too small it had hockey and you know you'd have your high school sports but nothing nothing crazy how about baseball i did before we moved to chatwin so in, yeah. in bc i my first year of heart like baseball um and then we moved so um played catcher but uh oh, you were yeah i played catcher pitched a couple times but it, that was my thing but uh yeah caught and it was fun it was good but uh chatwin didn't have uh as much sports as uh alberta did you ever take bp uh at uh at a triple a or a major league facility i never have probably should have before the charity game last year cause my home <laughs> run ability was not good um you know but I think I hit three, and Kaseko only hit four, so it's not so bad. But, uh, you know, Marchi led the way with seven or nine or something like that. So probably should have got out and hit a few balls before that. I didn't even know that. So I, so that's totally innocent. I wasn't trying to bust you on, on yeah, you at no, all. No, uh, this, uh, this game six tonight, uh, give me a gut feeling of, of what – what you'd like to see, what you expect to see tonight uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights standpoint, trying to push this series the distance. Well, I expect to see a lot better. I, I uh, you know, playing with these guys, they're very passionate and uh, very uh, good group of le- leadership in that group, and uh, I expect a lot better from them, a better start. Uh, that's kind of been a little bit of a downfall all playoffs long, you know, getting behind the eight ball, and it's tough to come back now. And, you know, I'd like to see uh, – you know, a little more physicality. You know, you got to make. A, you have a Suzuki and Caulfield, and they're not the biggest guys. And uh, you know, they're they're going out there and not doing whatever they want, but uh, not paying the price. You know, you make it hard on those guys and deter them from uh, like they're doing to us. And and not just hitting while the play's going on, but uh, but after the whistle. Yeah, a, a little bit of that. Yeah, just get them, get them out of the net, and you know, make them know you're there. You know, a little shot, a little slash in the back of the leg, little little things. You know, it doesn't uh, doesn't have to be uh, hard, but if you do it over and over and over again, it's mm-hmm. gonna it's gonna be in their mind. This is uh, Montreal's basically gone with four to five defensemen. Uh, this is the time that it might wear down a little bit. Uh, that you might be able to get it on the forecheck. Uh, a touch more yeah definitely got to get their four check going again i thought last game it was uh not not uh not as good as it normally is uh you know it was kind of uh, one guy in on the four check yeah. and their 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 d broke it out pretty clean uh most times so if they can get back their their four check it'll be huge for them uh, i love working with Derek england uh, this has been a lot of fun the only disappointing part was for some reason, Dakota Miller couldn't find the stick or the broom handle so we could have Derek Anglin demonstrate uh, how many cross-checks it takes for a layman to be hurt. Uh, so we've, we failed in that department. Hopefully next time. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. make sure next time. Yeah, we'll see. I'll, we'll I'll, see. I'll, br- I'll bring it just in case. <laughs>
Appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Missed one of those aluminum ones, too. Oh. Really give it to old, him. Old uh, wood sticks. Ballpark uh, across the street from Sydney National Arena, Las Vegas Ballpark. Uh, watch party tonight. Game 6. Enjoy it, everybody. And hopefully we'll be talking tomorrow about a Game 7 between Montreal and Vegas.